everybody. This is Sex, Love, and Injectables. I am your host, Heather, and today is going to be a little different vibe than episodes prior. Today, we are discussing a topic that has been needing attention for a lot longer than the life of this podcast, and that is the war on race. I would first like to acknowledge and pay my respects to the tragic murder of George Floyd. It was senseless, and it's in no way in any shape or form justifiable. Uh, It was a completely horrific and unnecessary event that has shed light again on an even bigger issue at hand, and that is that racism still very much exists. And guys, I... Hate to, I hate to admit this, but I used to be on the other side. I was that white girl that ignorantly stated that if that person would have just listened to the instructions given to them by the police officer, that that person would still be alive. Yeah, that is the most narrow-minded thinking that there is. Because this keeps happening. And, it, and there's a pattern. I see it. A lot of other people are seeing it. And it's time to raise our voice. It's time to bring awareness to this issue. It's time for me to acknowledge my white privilege. I'm not here to lead this fight. I'm not the one suffering. I don't know the pain that my friends are experiencing. I don't know the anger. I don't know the anxiety. I don't know the pain But what I can do as a white woman is acknowledge my white privilege. So I stand here today acknowledging that if I get pulled over, I don't have to think back to my mother's instructions of what to do, to listen, to put my hands on the steering wheel, to not retrieve my license without first asking for permission. Most importantly, I'm not getting pulled over and fearing for my life. Fearing for my life from the very people that took an oath to protect and to serve. What's happening right now in our world is not okay. It's not okay. It's not right. It's time to raise awareness. That is what I'm here to do. So because of the tone and the climate of our world right now, I found it to be a great opportunity to bring on one of Mary and I's mutual friends, Lawrence, who is a very successful black guy in Dallas to help discuss these tragic events that have taken taken place and to discuss the race battle. So Lawrence, tell us about yourself. Thank you, Heather. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for inviting me to come in and, um, and having this conversation with you. I know it's an uncomfortable situation and the fact that you're acknowledging it and taking responsibility to have this conversation tonight is big. So thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, so it's heavy. There's a lot of things going on these days. And the fact that um, we're having this conversation is um, a little alarming because, as you mentioned, it keeps coming and keeps happening over and over and over again. And um, it becomes um, tiresome. And individuals like myself who are black um, in America have repeatedly experienced things like this for years and years and years. This is, this is something that um, is not something that just happens you know, every couple of months, it's something that's been systemically happening for years. Right. Um, The issue that we are experiencing today is something that because of social media, that's exposed a lot of different things that we're not privy to. Right. So if there wasn't these videos, there wasn't social media, some of these things would be kind of, you know, swept up under the rug. And so therefore um, the things that we've seen with George Floyd has been exposed in America. So it's some of our deeper, deepest secrets, secrets, and the fact that we're still having these racial conversations over the years is um, it's, it's a little sickening. It is. It's very sickening. And we we mentioned earlier whenever you first got here, because I wanted to do a little bit of prep because this is more, as I said, it's more sensitive of a topic. And your response was it was beautiful. Who's it sensitive for? It's not sensitive for me. Amen. I've been dealing with this my entire life. It's sensitive for white people. And I acknowledge that it is because, you know, even coming on, I was like, how do I introduce, how do I introduce you? I, I, I have friends that I love, but it's so ignorant as for me to be like, I'm not racist. I have black friends that doesn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And not even anymore. It never did, but I can acknowledge that now. So 
you know, I don't know. I, yeah. I just, I feel like you're somebody that can come on and just shed a little light on it. <laughs> You've been a professional black person for how many years now? Uh, 20 some years, a long time. A long, long time. <laughs> I don't want to age myself. That's fine. You look 20. Thank you. Um, so I'm like, that's ages, but it's fine. I feel like it sometimes. Right. But, but I kind of want you to lead this conversation because again, I don't feel like it's my place and Mary's here also, by the way. Hi y'all. Duh. Um, but I just, I don't feel like it's my place to fight this battle Cause I feel like there's a lot of people that are taking advantage of the situation and using it to be trendy, using it to, you know, either gain flow, uh, followers or even for monetary, you know, circumstances. I feel like I have a platform that I can use to raise awareness. And even though it's not my fight, I feel like it's my duty as a human to increase that awareness. Mm-hmm. I feel like white people should literally shut up and listen and then use their voices as a megaphone for the people that haven't had voices in so long. And I mean, how do you feel about people stepping up and being vocal and what is appropriate? What makes, gives you, gives you comfort and what just pisses you off? Yeah. I think um, it's admirable that white individuals have stepped up to the plate um, and voice the concern. I think being silent is worse than not, you know, not doing anything. Yeah, right? to so ignore the, it. To ignore it. So to ignore it is to basically say that you accept it and that there's not a problem, which right. we all know there is a problem based right. on the circumstances Absolutely. that continues to keep happening, right? So the fact that you're acknowledging that and taking responsibility or just acknowledging that, I think black folks just want individuals to acknowledge the fact that there actually is a systemic problem that's there's going an issue. on. Absolutely. Because I think so many people believe that, no, you know what? Uh, we've had a black president. We've had Obama. So therefore the country couldn't be that divided. The right. fact that we elected a, a black president. But honestly, I believe that actually heightened some of the things associated with our country being the fact that Obama was president for eight years. I think coming up out of that, there's been a lot of different things that have happened prior and after um, his, his, his uh, administration. So with that being said, I think that having the uncomfortable conversations with black individuals, not being f- afraid to, to tackle the top, the tough conversations is what individuals like myself want to have, have with you. Um, and being able to work through the, uh, the, the issues that we experience on a day-to-day basis. Right. right? So Just simply asking, are you okay? Or is there anything like what, like I hear you. Well, I, let me, let me, before hurts. we get right, I know, all, I mean, all of us are hurting for all of our friends, but what, what I want to say is let's get uncomfortable. Sure. Cause I think <laughs> that this is a good platform for it. Um, I posted recently on my social media platform about, about race as an issue. I posted about George Floyd. I posted about how I was guilty of being that, you know, person that didn't recognize my privilege because I thought, you know what? I grew up struggling. We grew up in a poor neighborhood. Um, so I'm, I'm not white privileged, but I think that we misinterpreted what white privilege really is. It's not that you didn't struggle. It's that, like I said before, I can get pulled over and not only am I not fearful for my life, I'm also like, why is this like, why are you pulling me over? Like I'm an asshole to the cops. I'm, I'm going to admit that. And I can go into a convenience store. I can wear a hoodie and I'm not being followed around as if I'm going to steal something and that's not okay. So when I posted that, not only did I lose a bunch of followers, which I'm like, good riddance, you know, obviously I don't need that on my page, but I also got a lot of people that went into my private messages cause they were too scared to post it on my actual post that rebuttaled my comment. And it was just ironic that it was only white males that said that. And, you know, their rebuttal was because it's probably uncomfortable to acknowledge that race is still an issue. I got a lot of, I have a lot of black friends, me and my friends don't see color, uh, all lives matter. Like these are things that I want to talk about because there are a lot of people that still, and I used to be one of them that say all lives Mm -hmm. matter. So I just want you to tell me a little bit about what your what you have to go through on a day-to-day basis, not just when issues like this arise. 
as far as, you know, if you get pulled over, as far as you're a successful black man, you're in a lot of circumstances where there's a lot of white males. What's, what are you having to experience that people just don't understand? I'm I'm glad you broke that. So I think that the, the challenge that I have as a black man in America is that, you know, you have to be a certain way, right? So if you're, um, educated, you're well-spoken, then you're considered to being, you know, acting white, so to speak, or, um, you're uh, not black enough, so to speak, which, um, is, is interesting in itself from that standpoint, because what is, what is being, you know, white or what is being black? You're just an educated person, right? Right. So that's how I take it. Recognizing the fact that I am a black man. I think the challenges associated with what you just described is your experiences of being pulled over the, for, from the police department is a lot different than my experience. Yes. You know, I think being raised as a black individual, my parents gave us what we call the code book where there's certain things as you described that we had to be cognizant of being is, is, you know, being respectful to the, the police officer, having your hand on the, the steering wheel, um, being compliant, all those types of things. It's never, ever been a comfortable situation for the law enforcement. You may look at law enforcement as being a, a, a sense of sanctuary or being a, a comfort Yeah. for black individuals. I think, um, that's a little bit different for us. Our experiencers are, are not always being of uh, safety, but maybe being on alert. Right. Yep. So yeah. it's a different experience from that standpoint. And in, in corporate America, being um, in my industry, I'm, I'm a, an anomaly, so to speak. There's not a lot of individuals who mirror me. So I often go into environments where I'm the only person of color. So having to be able to have those relationships with individuals who not lo- not look at look like me is difficult sometimes as well because you have to play a game or play a part, not necessarily being yourself in in those in those environments. Does that so, make sense? Yeah. So you're feeling like, and I'm going to try to put myself in your shoes, which is impossible. But if I was in a room that was full of black people, I would feel like I would almost have to plan ahead and in, in my head, like, what am I going to say that makes me appear to make myself look like I'm more relatable? Absolutely. So you have to act a certain way. I mean, I, I often, often ask my bosses, and I think I've had this course, uh, conversation with him as well. I asked him, how would he feel if he walked into an, an environment where it was all people of color? Would you feel comfortable? You know, and he, he, he kind of, you know, looked at me kind of crazy because that's something that he's never thought of. And this is a white, this is a white man. man. And so what I, what I also tell individuals and I have friends who are white as well is that the, white individuals can be in their environment all their lives without associating with the black folks. Um, they can be in environments where they're comfortable. They don't have to step out of the box. It's a little different for sometimes for black individuals and at least in corporate America that you have to step out of the box and assimilate, so to speak with white individuals. Right. Right. So that's a different experience that you're, that you're facing. So that constant, not only, so individuals are not also worried about police, police brutality, but they're worried about corporate, um, discrimination and those types of areas as well. So it's a, it's a bigger picture. So when you see these individuals rioting, it's not necessarily because police brutality, which is an issue, but it's a systemic issue that has been facing the black um, community for a long period of time. And we can discuss that too. So a lot of uh, the flack that I've received back after posting this is people saying that they don't see how this incident is directly related to an issue of racism. (laughs) And, you know, I can, I'm trying to like be that neutral position where I'm trying to see everybody's perspective, but I also see a lot of how I used to comfort myself and thinking that it wasn't. And and again, thinking how, well, if they would just listen, or maybe this is an issue more of police feeling like they have more authority and exercising it more than they should. How would you basically, how would you tell people that know that this is an issue of race and this is why we need to address this. Yeah. Well, when you see situations where repeated black individuals are getting killed and you know, many of times where there's an injustice or people getting off, there's a pattern, the numbers, mm-hmm. right? The, the numbers, numbers don't lie. And you see the issues. I mean, you see the videos, you see the incidents happen. You can't deny that there's yes. an issue there, right? Yes. No, you can't. And we can debunk this right now for the people that are saying, well, there's statistically there's more white people that are being abused by police. I would just, I would just really implore you to do some research and see that there's a lot more 
white people in the population. And so that number is skewed. Thank you. Also, it's, it doesn't, it's not also, like bullshit. Think, That's all I have to say. But about also, bullshit. I think that there's a lot of incidents that don't get reported. Exactly. Absolutely. Spot on with that comment. So, um, you know, now we're seeing the nation as a whole responding to the incident. We're seeing a lot of uh, protesting. We're seeing a lot of not protesting. We're seeing a lot of destruction. And, you know, and we talked about this earlier as well. And, you know, my initial thoughts even prior to this event was, man, you know, we have these issues and I don't see how violence can equal a result. Like it doesn't take destroying property, but at the same time, I'm trying to visualize if this was somebody, if this was my family or if, if as a race, I was being crucified as a whole, I'm going to react. I'm going to respond. I'm going to, I want to burn something down. So what are your thoughts on, you know, the protests that are happening now? Would you, would you say that you understand what's happening or would you, I guess, would you do things differently? You know what? This is the thing. So I think that we've tried to do a lot of different things differently. Um, And I'll, and I'll, so let me just come around with this. Um, I'm not condoning violence, but I understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you continuously are pushing individuals in a situation where um, you see videos, you see people getting killed, you see, you see it taking months or weeks to get convictions that's frustrating for individuals, right? right? So, um, I think we had this discussion earlier and I gave you the comparison of, so when you look at, um, and, and people may not like this, this comment, but when you had Colin Kaepernick several years ago, kneeling peacefully at right. the games, um, and he was considered unpatriotic, people, individuals made it about the flag, um, completely did not, um, take in consideration of what his movement was about. Peaceful, Right. Nonviolent. Peaceful. Nothing was going on. Then it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. You well, know, and they it was a selfish switch of the it was a, it, the, everyone tried to make it about the flag and patriotism when in reality it was a peaceful protest mm-hmm. of what's going on is a mass absolutely issue about police brutality and and then we have the situation now this just happened with George where individuals again throughout that period of time have seen repeated killings Sandra Bland yes. Botham John all these individuals are getting killed right that pushes people you continuously push an individual um, back to poke the wall the bear. and you and you poke the bear you're, you're gonna, gonna get, see you, something you're gonna see something happen yeah and as I mentioned I'm not I'm not a proponent of violence um, I want to see you know, peaceful protests, but I understand the situation yes. that people are put in. And, and I, I think, I think it's so illustrative of being silencing people right, and not giving a voice and sweeping things under the rug because they're uncomfortable like to talk we're about. Trying, we're trying, we're trying, but now it's you like, have to, now you're you, going to listen. You're going to, they, people have to be forced to understand, look, this is a huge issue. You can't just say, Oh, let's move on and, and make things better. You right. have to like address what has been going on for so long before you can move forward. Well, You've got to break yeah. and mend and he- before you can heal. And there's another issue that we were talking about where, you know, unfortunate things happen like this and people, you know, start to stand up and say, oh, there's an issue. And then we start to fight for it. But then all of a sudden Monday comes back around and it's no longer an issue and we go about our daily lives. So I feel like, you know, whether it be because there's more social media acknowledgement, but I feel like right now a lot of people are responding to this event in the appropriate way. And, you know, this is the time for us to actually do something about it. And I, I'm with you on that, Lawrence. I don't condone property destruction. I don't condone, you know, you know, violence or anything like that. But what I will say, and this is how I responded to a lot of my hater emails is that you can replace property. You can, you can fix it. You can heal from injuries. You can't get a life back. And, and I know that George's brother went on today and said like, this is enough. Violence is not going to solve anything. He wouldn't want this, but I can understand the anger. This, this is a, this is something that people are very angry about. And it's like you said, if you keep, if you keep poking the bear, bear. I'm going to put something on fire as well. I mean, it it just, it is what it is. This is part of the process. Anyone anyone in this room here who had a relative um, who got killed in that manner 
would be angry. Absolutely. And you'd want something to happen, right? Absolutely. Um, and imagine if you had repeated family members who've been killed like that, but nothing has ever happened. No justice, just repeatedly kept, kept getting killed. You'd eventually do something, right? I would go batshit crazy. And that's what's going on. That's what Absolutely. you see today, right? Yeah. So um, with that being said, I mean, the only way that I, I think we can remedy the situation and get to where we need is having conversations like this today, right? And actually individuals really, meaning black folks as well, getting in positions of like power and having um, political clout, so to speak, to yeah. be able to change laws, to be able to help us out in certain ways. That's a huge, that that's a huge um hits home with me because I have been involved in a lot of uh, political things more so in the last few years than I ever imagined I would in my lifetime. I never cared about politics. I never cared about who was in office. And I kind of got strung into the situation where I was dealing a lot with politicians and you see the systemic corruption and issues and let's have the frank discussion they're all old white men. I mean, I, 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 you cannot deny it. Overwhelmingly so. And you, the only way we elicit change is to, I don't care who you vote for, but just get out and vote in November. And if you don't like something, then change it. Right. Like literally get out there. Advocate for a it. Absolutely. I'm simple. Yep. So for get the white old people out. I think there's still, <laughs> there's still, I mean, I don't know. I there's it. a lot of them out there apparently um, blocked, but we all know it's true. I'm just saying what everybody's thinking. It's true though. It's true. It, it, it's there. There's no sense of reality. All they care about is money. We have to get people in office that care about humans. And if you're a lifelong politician, you don't give a shit about other human beings. You care about money yeah. and power. Yep. And that is it. Yeah. So there's a another rebuttal that I see a lot from Caucasian people is that the Black Lives Movement or Black Lives Matter movement. And again, I've been guilty of this. Back in the past, people would say Black Lives Matter, and my response would be, "But all lives matter." And I know that okay. hurts. Like Crazy. I know that that that's like pouring. The it's the worst, the right? Worst. Laura and Cleary. Laura Cleary is so inappropriate in in most. All of her videos and who is that? Laura Cleary. She's this crazy, ridiculous, over the top influencer, big on social media, YouTube, Instagram. And she posted a video and it talked about how she was guilty of saying all lives matter. But then whenever you stop and think about it right now as a nation, black people have watched their brother be killed on in such a horrific and tragic way on camera stuff is going on crazy compare that you live in a neighborhood all the houses matter right. all the houses are are but whenever a house down the street is on fire you send firemen and at that point that house matters matters more than the rest of them so we're at a point where black lives matter it doesn't mean that other lives don't matter but we need to be the extinguisher that points and and hears and provides empathy to black people that are hurting attention white people i have another (laughs) analogy because it is i mean and i like i said whenever whenever i was guilty of saying all lives matter i truly believe like no, we should be thinking equality, all lives matter. But the problem is there's not equality. So if there's not equality, then all lives are not mattering. So another analogy that I would like to think of, because everybody can relate to this, we're at Thanksgiving dinner, okay? Everybody's hungry, right? We're all in line to get food. And all of the white people have a plate full of food. And the black person is like, I want food. I'm hungry. Well, but we're all hungry. But it doesn't really matter because y'all have food and I don't have food. So I think that, I don't know, that might be stupid, but I felt like that was a good I think that's good. Appreciate it. Thank you. No, that's good. So so in your perspective, how would you explain to somebody that was ignorant? And and I'm not going to say ignorant because I don't want to disrespect that person because they just may not have that knowledge, which is the definition of ignorance. But if they don't have that knowledge, how would you say, like, no, Black Lives Matter is important because... I think the two analogies that you guys just both describe are spot on with that. I think the messaging again is that when you see systemic people getting repeatedly people getting killed and not 
nothing happening about it, then you understand that that's the movement. That's the reason why we're talking about Black Lives Matters, because we haven't had that type of justice associated with these individuals getting killed. So we want to say, look, we want the same opportunity as an individual who is white that we can run down in, in a, an area and not feel like we're going to get killed right? or have the ability to drive in our cars and not feel uncomfortable when the police officer is right behind us or being able to drive through rural Mississippi or Louisiana or Alabama and not feel like I have to continuously to keep pushing through to the gas station in a clear city because I'm concerned about being uh, killed or, yeah. or something happened to me, right? That's what we're talking about around Black Lives Matter. We feel like black individuals have built this country. We have um, a lot of respect for the country, just like any other individual here. We want the same rights. We want the same things for our kids and our family as well. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah. If all lives matter, prove it. Prove it. Exactly. Yeah. Which brings up a huge, like a, another one of these heartfelt situations that I have is we are in a country where we take two steps forward and then five steps backwards. I know I always mess up those little No, I like, no, I got it. it. One (laughs) step, whatever it is. You take some steps forward. And then you go backwards. Then you went backwards. (laughs) (laughs) But we, but we, as a country, there is a lot more interracial dating and there are a lot of kids that are half black and half white. And I just need to like throw this out there because I think that there needs to be a lot of focus on how to provide mental and emotional support. Because if you are like a teenager that is a mixed race, you are both white and black. Yeah. And to, to come from a place of confusion and to come from a place from hurt, that's just my public service. Well, and like, okay. So you've been in a relationship with a black male before. absolutely, And so you really didn't get to really truly understand the judgment that was there until you were in that relationship. Right. Well, I mean, you, we would walk into a restaurant and I would in my head think, Oh, everybody's staring at us because he looks like a NFL player. But in reality, <laughs> I mean, not really. It was because he was black and I was white and to ignore, like, that's my pet peeve is when people ignore and don't acknowledge, like I've been sitting at, at, a, at a restaurant and had people stare. Does it bother me? Hell no. It makes me like be more gropy and handsy and yeah. You know. Well, you're that person that's like, watch me do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, is this bother you? Because I'm going to make it bother you real I'm going to make yeah. you real uncomfortable, <laughs> which is what we're but, trying to do today. But, uh, it's, yeah. but to not address it, to not acknowledge it is is worse than anything that yeah. you could do. Like I think not that people, hearing it and not talking about it and not addressing it, nothing's going to change. People need to get uncomfortable and with it was, this. And it, it happened. Like, it, ha- it, it happens. Like, it, it was... It wasn't just once or twice. It was anywhere we went, there was, you just, you could feel the eyes. I, I'm You're okay like, with that. I'm good with it. Keep it, keep it coming. <laughs> you want to see, you want to see more? <laughs> um, but no, I do. I think that there, there's a lot to be said for what's happening now. And I've seen a new movement where people are talking about how the new racism is ignored responses to racism. And I agree with that. You know, we, as, as white people, we need to diversify our lives and still, I mean, we need to pay respect to the black culture, but respect, you know, that we're, we're not, it's hard because I want to be like, we're all the same, but we're not, we need to respect and acknowledge the different cultures, but understand that we should all love each other the same. And for me, one of those things that I thought of that would be a cool idea for white moms is, and I don't know, you tell me if this is disrespectful, because this was kind of hard for me to think of. What if we diversify our children by buying them, you know, baby dolls that were of different color and teaching them that, you know, this uh, is the same person as you, but it's a different color as you, but we still love that person. I've done that since I don't know. Is that a bad, like, I've done that since well, early on. It's we hard like it. because we're responsible for the pain yeah. as a whole. What can white people do better to help? I think that's brilliant. You get to think about like black in America, we're, we're like represent 13% of the population, right? We're, we're forced to like look at white culture on a day-to-day basis, yes. whether it's commercials, movies, whatever. I don't see anything wrong with, with 
you know, educating your kids and exposing them to different cultures. You know, our country yeah. is built on immigrants in a diverse type of environment, right? right? So having that ability to show your child that is only going to help the cause. Right. Putting your situation or your kids in a situation where they're not looking at individuals differently than them, it puts them at a disadvantage, I would say, right? right. So you want, if, if, you're, if you're really about the cause, so to speak, and you're really wanting to eradicate ra racism and expose your kids and yourself uh, to different environments, then there's nothing wrong with doing that, right? right. I think um, us as black individuals, I, th I think in one respect, America embraces black culture when it comes to like entertainment, like the NFL, the sports, NBA, music. sports, entertainment. We're, we're not here just to entertain. Right. We bring so much Hell to the table. Yeah. We, we've, we've helped build this country, right? Goosebumps, because yeah. it's so true. We so, do. Yeah, you do. So it's, in, it's, it's interesting that um, white individuals will embrace athletes and entertainers, right? But it comes to like actually being your neighbor or associating neighbor, with you at your friend. restaurant and your friend, right? I mean, I, I've, I've looked at some <laughs> individuals, uh, Instagrams and Facebooks and no black friends or no people of color. Right. And that's what I talked about, to talk to you about earlier is that, you know, individuals have to have, feel comfortable having the uncomfortable conversations. They have to be able to step outside the box to be able to embrace different cultures. And if, you, if that's what you're, like I mentioned, if, if you're really about the cause and eradicating racism, those are the types of steps that you have to do. Right. But when does it, so I find myself Home Depot earlier. Um, I go into Home Depot and I like want to go up to every black person and hug them and tell them you matter to me. But then it like becomes reverse rate. Like then it becomes, well, yeah, but, but, also, I, but I, but it's like how I feel in my heart because I couldn't imagine being, I couldn't imagine being in the situation that where you worry about going to the store, you worry about some, like worry about treat people treating you, want, you different. Yeah, you so, want to overcompensate so for the you, hate. People that don't have like black friends, is it, you can't go out and seek. Well, but I did see, I saw on Facebook on the Tanglewood page, which is the privileged page of Fort Worth. <laughs> I did see on that page where there was a black woman that acknowledged that her and her family were walking down the sidewalk and there was a white male driving by that stopped and rolled down the window and said, Hey, your life matters to me mm. now. That's deep. But at the same time, if I was walking down the street and somebody rolled up and in their car and rolled down the window, I might start running. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, but I see what you're saying. It's, it's almost like we're so immersed with guilt yes. that now we feel like we have to overkill it. Right. And, I, and, yeah, and that yeah. may not be the best response. The best response is to just raise awareness. You don't have to go up and hug strangers like we're still in COVID. I mean, I still okay. kind of want like to. Like, we still need to social <laughs> distance. COVID, COVID's a problem. I've been COVIDing too long. <laughs> I just want to give hugs to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Free hugs. Show your distance. So, yeah. and, and here's, I don't know. I just lost what I was about to say. Kids <laughs> are thinking about me one day. I know, everybody. <laughs> I know. A little, there was a video I saw, and it was like of a little, of a little boy um, or a little girl. It was actually, a girl. We it cried. was a girl. We I cried. cried. I, like, we going watched up and, it. Like, hugging. <laughs> we like watched it at like two o'clock in the morning, crying. Like it was. That's what we did on our like Friday night. We cried together watching videos of this because like we're very empathetic but acknowledging of what's been happening. Okay. I got it back now, by the way. Okay. This is an uncomfortable topic. ADD city. Um, so there was, and, and you can just put your words into this for any situation. There was a black woman on Instagram that was talking about a movement where white influencers should remain quiet for a week to let, you know, the influence of, of black women and men be heard more. And that's what gave me so much anxiety today because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to use my platform to let people be heard. But her hashtag, and I could be saying this wrong, but her hashtag was something similar of mute the white noise. But then there was a white woman that commented that said, if we said mute the black noise, y'all would have an issue. And I know that rings with you because I've heard it before. There's um, like black history month. And there's always that one white person that's like, why don't we have a white history month? Or there's a show. Um, what is it? There's a show blackish blackish. And then show. there's that like ignorant white person. That's like, well, if we had a show called whitish. So tell me your thoughts on that. Because, you know, I, I saw that and I was like, 
there's that one person. There's always that one person that says that, but we like, we have exit we out ha- of my life. Our whitish is all of our other shows. Every single show is right. whitish, right? Our, and we have all the hashtags. Oh my gosh. So my thing is just similar to what you talked about. All lives matter. There's mm-hmm. always somebody who feels like they're being left out or feels like they want to put voice or opinion Right. in regards to the social media and, and being like silent. I, I disagree with that. I mean, I think this is an opportunity for, again, for us to embrace what's going on right. to change things. Right. And so there's, and, and, and I think that's divisive in itself. That's telling you to be right. quiet and not be able to talk about I what's actually going on. That. And you should have, I think that you have a vehicle from a positive standpoint to be able to express your opinions about the situation. Right. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to use your vehicle and your, your voice to be able to spread the noise and, and get the word out. So I agree with, cause that. I mean, I do, I acknowledge part of it. I mean, part of it was that, you know, I, I'm not going to monetize this. I'm not trying to be trendy. You know, I know that I didn't speak out about racism prior to this and that is an issue. Um, but you know, I saw somebody post something on social media today that said something about, you know, all you white people that, and this was a white girl, all you white people who are posting about anti-racism now, but you never said anything before, get the fuck out of here. And I responded back to her saying, you know what? I can see the frustration, but it's better for them to acknowledge it now then never acknowledge it at right. all. It's almost like lose, lose. If you're telling people not to acknowledge it, if they didn't before you're, you're silencing them. And so I feel like, you know, there are a lot of influencers out there that can have an opportunity here to use their platforms to raise awareness. Um, and again, not to fight the fight because it's, it's not our fight to lead again, but we can raise awareness. And like me responding to all of these, middle-aged white men in my DMs about how, well, I've got a black friend. Well, good for you. Happy for you. I mean, do you want a trophy? You got a black friend. So now you're not racist. It's not about that. You're not racist or not racist. It's about that. You're not acknowledging that racism still exists. That's right. So I don't know. That's, that's, I think that's, I think that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that a bigger, uh, like going back to listening, I think that you may disagree with this or not disagree. I think that sharing stories that have been, I think about all of my friends that are black. And if you ask a white person, their most traumatic story, something that really shaped them where they were wronged, uh, it never revolves around their race. However, if you ask a black person that it nearly always one like very big experiences in their lives where they were discriminated against usually shape the most negative and traumatic experiences in, in their lives. Would you agree with sharing those stories and be, I I, I try to come from a place of the times in my life where I felt the most injustice. All I wanted to do is be heard. And so what ways can, is that something that, that we can, like talk to people about, can we elicit those conversations or is it something that you don't want to talk about? No, I think that you can always ask somebody about their experience, person of color, <laughs> person from black who about their experiences, because that gives you context about what they're actually really going through. Right. Um, and I also think that you can never relate to the experiences as somebody of color, somebody black is going through. Right. Right. All you can do is understand and listen and be empathetic, as you described earlier, about our experiences and acknowledge the fact that it actually really happens. That's what we want. Right. That's acknowledgement and action is what we want. There's nothing, you know, we're not saying, look, you can't change my color. I'm always going to be black. Right. right? And I get that. And I'm cool with that. Right. And I embrace that. That's who I, that's who I am. Kind of goes back to you have a penis. I have a vagina. Absolutely. They ain't ever going to change. Right. And I embrace that. And I'm, I'm happy about that. (laughs) So again, what, what, what we're saying is that, look, after all this stuff that is going on, we're tired of it. We're sick of it. We want some change here. We want to be respected. We want to have the same types of opportunities as you, you and I are, you and me, right? Same respect. Same, same respect. Same opportunity. This this is what this is about. This is us wanting just to have a normal life, being able to excel and be on the same playing field as white Americans. So I just want to increase the knowledge for fellow white people who don't know the struggles of a black person. I know we talked about what happens when you get pulled over 
I just want to know on a day-to-day basis, what were some of the rules that you were taught? Why don't you go to Mississippi? I just, I want to dive in deep and I know that's uncomfortable too, but it's like I, they, people need to know. Well, I th- you know, obviously there's black people who live in Mississippi, right? Right. But I think just from a historical context, you look back in history, you understand some of the things that happened in the, in the deep South back in the, you know, in the 1800s, night, early 1900s, 50s, 60s, and in in some respect, probably still today. Yeah. So the uncomfortableness of being able to actually drive through those areas, knowing that deep rooted hostility and issues is an uncomfortable, you know, experience for some black individuals. Right. Right. Um, So that's the uncomfortableness of what we experience. You may be able to go to Mississippi and go down to uh, the coast and and have a wonderful time. Right. With us, some individuals have a problem with that because, again, some of the issues that have happened, but lynchings and, you know, the divisive experiences of of segregation down in those deep rooted uh, uh, states. So what would be some of your rules that you have to follow? Like, and this is diving in deeper, like even, even in this area. Well, one I I will speak is getting a table at a restaurant is interesting. Yeah. So because you could walk up it, it just from personal experience, you could walk up and it would be completely empty, but then you still had to wait <laughs> to get a table. I just like, where, know, like, whereas the, if I walked in by myself, I would not have that situation. I just want to hear like the unnecessary thoughts that go through a black man or woman's mind prior to certain events. Like if you go out for a jog, don't wear this. If you run into this person, don't do this. What are some of those things that people need to know? Like this is still an issue in 2020? Well, I think, you know, would you take the Ahmad issue where he's running through a neighborhood and he's, you know, obviously he stopped and looked at a, um, an open lot, but then he continued his, his, his run. And then he was tracked down, right. And, and gunned down and killed. Um, so you're always cognizant of the areas that you're running in. At least you're taught that some individuals are taught that, right. You have to be aware of your surroundings, right. You have to be able to address the police department or police officers in a certain way out of respect um, because, you know, keep your hands up, you know, don't do anything that would be suspicious or considered as um, being aggressive because you could lose your life. Right. This is the type of stuff that we think about. Right. So, you know, like I mentioned earlier in our conversation, there's a code that certain or black individuals know. Um Back in the day, um, in the early, I think, 60s, there was a book specifically given to African-Americans on how they should travel um, throughout the country on specific areas that were um, black friendly, so to speak, that they could go to. Um, That's not far fetched from some of the things that we think about today on some of the areas that I just described as like in rural areas. You know, some people may take offense of what I'm saying, but what I'm telling you is that these are real thought types of things that individuals like myself are thinking about when we talk about traveling, if we're going to be driving somewhere, um, not stopping in scenario scenario. So that's the uncomfortableness. And that's the conversation that we need to have with y'all is around. Why do I feel like that? Don't you feel like people get offensive because they know that it's true or at least they've seen it. And now they're just trying to like just sugarcoat it. Like, no, 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 we're not doing that because of that. We're not. Da, 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 da. Right. Or they'll bring out math or th- some other thing. So my thing is, I-, I feel like this is an opportunity for white people to listen. The, the fact that you have a rule book to figure out how to communicate with another race in 2020 is not okay. Well, that was back in the day, but I'm just saying that that could probably still apply to some of right. the things that are still happening here in, yeah. the, in, in 2020. Right. right? Well, yeah. that's like yeah. the dating rule book that was made in the 1920s that we're like, we still hear about, <laughs> we still know about, there's still rule yeah. like that. Yes. It's gotten better. I mean, and, and this might be ignorant to say, I feel like, yes, it's been, it's gotten better from slavery, but that's not enough. <laughs> it's gotten better from people owning people and killing people for no reason. It's yeah. unfathomable, but we're still dealing with it. And that's the problem. So, yeah, well, we kind of feel like the things that happened in slavery are being perpetuated. And when you see, you know, George getting killed, like a lynch, that's modern day lynching, so to speak. I, I, exactly. You know, so Absolutely. I mean, anybody that doesn't look at that video and feel complete 
just isn't completely appalled by it and hurt and have a visceral response. Look, like exit out of my life. I don't. If you try to justify that murder, if you come into my DMs and say blah blah blah, but the even though the autopsy was just proved today to be asphyxiation, if you come into my DMs and say, but it was related to heart issues. First of all, boo-boo, that's not the problem. The problem is not that he was murdered. Was It was a senseless murder, yes. The fucking problem was that that knee should have never been there in the first place for eight and a half minutes, two and a half minutes of which he was already unconscious. I don't care what he did. And let's be real. The fact, the fact is he used a fake $20 bill. And I had somebody have the nerve to say his actions led to her, his murder. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Go get yourself in check. Exactly. So the fact of the matter is there is no training in the police Academy and I've got family and friends that are police and I'm not going to be that ignorant to say they're not all bad. Shut up. The fact of the matter is that knee should have never been there in the first place. Period. Fight me on it. I don't, I've got all day to yeah. fight you back. on My it. dad's That's a cop and he feels the exact same visceral response as every, everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try to just, first of all, don't try to justify somebody's death. Second of all, don't ignore this and sweep it under the rug like it's not an issue. Yep, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's that's really why we're here today to talk about this because there is a, there is an issue that needs to be talked about. There is. John, catch you <laughs> off guard. What you got to say, boo? Duh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that one of your natural reactions? <laughs> no, um, I was just uh, acting like I was you. Oh. Good. So it didn't quite make go. sense. That's fine. So I was going to read this thing to you. Um, there's a couple of things that I wanted to say because just to go with what you guys were saying about police not getting the kind of training. Uh, you know, we were talking about this before it all started. I think that in this country, as sad as it is, is that there are police officers. I'm sorry. They're hum They're bad humans that are getting into the system through cracks mm -hmm. and then given power with only what, I think it's 21 weeks of training for yeah. police officers in America. You know, in, in Norway, it's three years of training. Yeah. That's in fair. Finland, two years of training, mm -hmm. Iceland, two years of training. I mean, that's like what, there's a there's something missing. Yeah, it's like are you are you kidding me? Yeah, you're giving someone. I, I think you're giving good. someone yeah. the power, more power than anyone, with a weapon, a deadly weapon, and not even doing much of a training. Yes, I agree. I think I want to I want to address that. I think you bring up a good point. I think there's just a certain level of there's there's a certain level of occupations that you can't afford to have bad apples in. No mm -hmm. kidding. You know what I'm saying? You look at like being a pilot. I think Chris Rock had a stand up on yeah, this. Yeah, I saw he, that. Yeah, he, he talked about how there's just certain, you know, American Airlines, you know, they train their their pilots on a freaking basis, right? You can't afford to have a pilot mess up. Mm -mm. You can't afford to have a bunch of bad apples in the police department. These guys, like you said, have lethal weapons, right? It's like a surgeon. It like is. What if, what if you went in to have surgery with, with someone that, oh, oh I, I may have uh, killed a few people, but we're going to just sweep it under the rug. And can't then they it. go to operate on you. Yep. And another thing that I was going to say, I'm not sure if you saw this. It's an older video, but it's, a, it's an older white lady and she's in a room full of white people. And this has been circulating oh, yeah, recently. I saw this. And yeah. she goes, I want everybody, I want all the white people in the room to raise your hand if you are okay with living a life or being treated the exact same as black people. I want everyone to raise their hand if you will willingly take on that treatment. No one raised their hand. Of course not. And they said, that's exactly the problem. Acknowledging that there's a problem. Because you know there's an injustice exactly. and you're unwilling to do anything. Like we were talking about before the show, the worst response to any of this is the ignorance of it. Absolutely. Amen. I, I want to talk about white privilege real quick as well. Yeah. And I had a conversation with a friend about this, a, a white one of my white friends, and I gave him the, the, the comparison of this. If you're in a position of always having power, why would you want to relinquish that? Right. You know what I'm saying? So- 
and and like I say, this is the this is how black individuals feel. If when you're talking about white privilege, when you're saying that you know you can travel anywhere in the country and not feel uncomfortable, so to speak, right? right. You can do certain things without ramifications. You talked about talking crazy to the police officer right. without feeling like you're going to get your head blown off. Right. That's white privilege. That doesn't with certain individuals who actually understand that, but don't want to acknowledge that there's a sense of power associated with that. Because if you're always continuously winning in your, in black folks or other minorities or below that, you don't want to relinquish that power. Why would you want to, right? Similar to like, if you're constantly winning and winning and winning, you may let me win every now and then, but at some point you don't want it, want me to continue to win. Right. So you always want to keep that power over. And that's what we're dealing with today. There does, Nobody wants to be on an even, even playing field. I've never heard it that way. And that's and, so true. And that's what it is. If you're always in a sense of power, white folks have always been in a powerful position over black folks. We've never been, had the same level playing field as right. you, you all. So we've always been kind of a step behind. Now, we've made some strides, right? But we haven't it, it got on that same level. It's that Mary's five-step forwards five steps backwards two steps backwards backwards. absolutely we allowed you to have a black president so to speak yeah you know what i'm saying we let you You, have your turn you let you have your turn that's that's the mentality that we're dealing with yeah well it's unfortunate and i'm hoping that you know it's it's not going to be today but i'm hoping that this conversation even though we're in fort worth and we're a small city so to speak hopefully that this reaches enough people to where I can at least change one person's mind that, you know what? I never really thought of it this way. This is what I'm going to do differently. And no, this isn't trendy. This isn't a popular situation right now. This is something that has been going on for so long Mm -hmm. that needs awareness and needs change. And, and again, I'm acknowledged like I'm here and I wasn't here five years ago. So what I would say to you is that I'm sorry I can't apologize for everybody, but I will because that's just who I am. But I hear you, love you. I will fight for you. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to try to change at least one person's opinion for sure. Thank you so much, Heather. Yeah, I appreciate it. You're wonderful for for having this. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate your bravery for just coming on here and speaking out of it because like you said, it's not uncomfortable for you. You've been dealing with this for a long time, but it is a hard topic to talk about because there's a lot of people that listen to this that are going to give it black middle-aged white men, but <laughs> it's going to happen. Why are they listening to, th- I'm sorry. Well, they should listen. And they should. I'm, I'm just kidding. Should. Everyone should listen. But if you are going to get though hate, then next. Any final thoughts? All right. Well, I think that it's appropriate. I know that dead air is not good for any podcast, but I just want to give a minute for George Floyd. All right. So I appreciate you guys so, so much. Um, what I want to end this with is something that I saw on social media earlier that I, I felt like was good to hear. We are called to love our fellow humans and we need to use our privilege to protect and lift up the oppressed. We are called to build bridges, not walls. It's time for us to use our voice, educate with fierce love. Let's also listen, learn, and become better humans. So I appreciate you guys for listening. I'm not going to use this time to ask you guys to subscribe, even though I want you to and, you know, leave a review. But I appreciate you guys for listening. I hope that you listen with an open heart and understanding and you do understand that there is change that needs to take place. 
I look forward to talking with you guys again on the next episode of Sex, Love, and Injectables. Thank you guys so much. Love you guys. See you. you next Tuesday.